Welcome to the Painter Files Podcast. I am your host, Jaws Blake. This is episode 127. Uh, on the Painter Files, we talk about philosophy of being an artist, uh, personal blog of all the things I do as a painter, and also just a lot of old art stories kind of uh, explaining all the things that go on in life and how to navigate. Enjoy. So... As we begin the podcast, please uh, have a sip of water. Stay hydrated. Super important. I feel pretty, pretty good, actually. I was really, really tired most of the week last week. I didn't realize how much effort and work I put into kind of everything that was going on. But yeah, I was pretty exhausted, actually. I feel like I'm probably at about 95 right now took a nap with Tom, my cat, uh, my other cat, Mochi, uh, slept in, in her favorite chair in the house, so we were separated, <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty, um, I mean, it was a pretty interesting week. We went down to D.C. and to Maryland to check out some shops and just relax. I went to this bookstore called Mahogany Books where I picked up a book from one of the interesting people that I've, I've met throughout my life, uh, Gregory Hines. And I kind of just thought that was really interesting. I didn't know he had written so many books. So that was kind of cool. And I also picked up another book by Dick Gregory, who was a guy who actually I had known in his life, actually, which is kind of funny. I met Gregory Hines once, a very long time ago, but I actually knew Dick Gregory, which was kind of funny. He lived in my town for the last couple of years of his life, and apparently he and my father had known each other from radio station days and stuff. So it was very, very interesting. I was listening to my dad's radio station this morning as I was driving my wife to work. I was coming back home, and... An odd voice came through the radio that I typically don't listen to, and that was a guy named Steve Harvey. Uh, some of you may know Steve Harvey because he's a comedian. Some of you may know Steve Harvey because he, once upon a time, said the wrong Miss America <laughs> or Miss Universe. I think it was Miss Universe. He, he claimed, he, he read the card wrong, he said this one lady won, but in actuality, and then he came, he walked it back on live air. He was like, oh, nope, nope, wouldn't, nope, sorry about that. <laughs> so I have to imagine that had to be uh, something that was very crushing for that young lady. But, uh, but he had some good advice today. He said, a lot of times we look at people who are very successful and they may have some of the things we have. We may want some of the things they want that they have as far as like success and stuff like that goes and even like physical things. And he said the problem with that is like you have to realize like that's their story. Your story is a different story. You may get some of the things they have. You may have some of the same successes they have. But you shouldn't be mad about like the direction that your life is going because that's not your story. And I really like that, honestly. I like that kind of idea and concept. It made a lot of sense, actually. Because I think uh, a lot of times people see, like, these 
they see these these successes and they think of them as like achievements but like your goals that you set for yourself oftentimes are like the ability to do things not so much like the celebration that comes from doing things like that's more kind of like a side strategy that happens or a achievement <laughs> as a point to as a as a as opposed to a goal so as you beat yourself up just realize like your time will come you will succeed at some things you will work really hard at other things you'll get better and better as time goes by and you just have to breathe and allow it to happen So like all things, I am constantly always making artwork, painting, and kind of working on different like little bits and pieces that come together. Right now I'm doing kind of like a little abstract, little squares. I've got these little tiny kind of uh, watercolor paper blocks, and I've been just doing these abstract paintings. I woke up feeling very like anxious a couple days ago, and I needed to just get that energy out of myself so I just sat there and I, I started painting and putting these kind of really kind of uh, small abstract paintings if you look at my old book my last book that came out my uh, Jinshi book you'll see that I did quite a few of those actually to just kind of unwind and let my brain go and see all the different places and directions that I was kind of feeling myself being pulled. I suggest that really for a lot of people. I think I think sometimes we feel like we can't make anything. Like we were blocked up. And the truth is, like, we're just not making work that we love at the time. But that doesn't mean we're not making work that isn't loved. Or that won't be loved. Sometimes you just need to kind of let your brain relax. And just put everything out there. Let the frustration and the anger and the just raw emotion kind of fall out of you. And I love to do that with like colors and ink and all these things. It's just so important to me to make artwork that really just kind of represents what I'm what I'm working on right now how I feel and sometimes abstract work is the best way to do that I mean I love my figurative work my figurative work is like my key work that I I constantly try to make because it feels like the most representational of what I'm doing but sometimes you just kind of have to you have to forgive yourself enough to just let yourself make a mess it is deeply 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 important importante as we say on the podcast when i'm saying it um so this week on friday at 7 p.m on the instagram i will be on a live art show with uh where we're going to be discussing like uh latinx artists and culture and all these types of things um on a show called creative uh cr8 T-I-V-E, uh, with my friend Kat, and her her tag on IG is at Kat, K-A-T, uh, 
Blouch Art, B-L-O-U-C-H-A-R-T. And I will, all one word. Um, I'm going to try and share that the closer I get to that on like my social media and my website and all these types of things. So keep an eye on uh, JawsBlakeBlog.com because I'm going to make it a point to try and share that so that everybody can kind of get on and just see all the things that are going on with it. I think it's super important and it's going to be really interesting. I mean, my biggest fear I always have about doing any of these things isn't so much that I'm not going to have anything to say. It's everybody has a little bit of imposter syndrome that they're terrified of, that people are not going to see them as who they represent themselves to be. Uh, and it's not that they're, it's not that you're actually an imposter. It's just you have a fear that someone's going to go, well, that's not my definition of what something is or what someone is or anything of that nature. Because in my, in my history of being an Afro-Latino artist is that we are oftentimes represented, uh, Latino artists are oftentimes represented as these very like light-skinned, almost white-presenting, uh, like telenovela people. And sadly, in every corner of Latin America, there are people who look like me. They're, you know, I'm, I'm not what, what is known in the black community as dark-skinned, but as far as the Latin community, I'm, I'm a darker-skinned person. So it's it's interesting to see how people like Sila Cruz and just you know Frida Kahlo are looked at. They're they're both Latin, they're both Latinas, but they are visually very different looking. And no one would ever question Sila Cruz being Latina, but if you were to just show pictures of them, Sila uh, Cruz looks more. Afro than Latino, but that is literally how we are made up. So on the podcast, we're gonna, or on the not on the podcast, on the on the show, we're gonna talk about just like you know, Google deeper. A lot of times, if you want to see beyond, and I love Frida Kahlo. I think Frida is one of the most amazing artists of all time. I have books on Frida Kahlo. I've read books on Frida Kahlo. I have art pieces on Frida Kahlo. I have other art pieces that other people have done that represent Frida Kahlo. She's in my veins. Um, but I think a lot of times she's the default and people don't look past that. So I'm excited to just kind of expose people to new arts. And also you get to see all the cool stuff that like makes up a different part of the world you probably weren't taught about when you went, when you took art history. Or when you look in a, when you go to a museum, or when you do these things, like there's so much art in the world that you know doesn't exist on a very likely on the on the four Ninja Turtles, you know. So I'm excited to share that with everyone because I think it's just great. I think it's amazing, and uh, yeah, I'm just working on some paint and trying to figure out what to do next. I wanted to do like this big painting that I could kind of had in the background, 
of my shoot while I was doing all the other stuff. But then as I started to realize I have so much work, I can literally just put anything behind me and that'll be what it is. So yeah, there we go. As always, this wonderful podcast is sponsored by one of the many sponsors actually of great and amazing people is uh, Yatsutomu Inc. They are <laughs> incredible. I've I've loved them for a very long time as far as sponsors and just like not even as a sponsor, literally as like a a producer of amazing product. Like they have they have brushes, they have inks, obviously, they have paper, they have just everything. All these little kind of and they have watercolors. It's just really beautiful, like smooth, amazing, incredible work. And uh, I suggest you go check it out. Um, you can go to Y-A-S-U-T-O-M-O dot com. And uh, please give them a shout out and check them out. And if you can, pick some stuff up. They're, they're wonderful. So, um, yeah, Patreon's been really good, actually. I've been having a lot of really interesting interactions with my Patreon. Um, it's uh, Joara Blake, J-A-W-A-R-A, obviously, and then uh, B-L-A-K-E. So you can find me. Naturally, the cats are fighting behind me because that's what they do. They wrestle and make crazy noises behind me, and one can't control that, so we don't. But uh, in the in in addition to cats wrestling, uh, my Patreon has just been really growing, and I'm I'm excited. Like as it continues to grow, it continues to let me kind of express some of my artistic ventures on a very private level with my, I guess, my closest conspirators. <laughs> no, I take a lot of photos of, like, art as it's being made. I have, like, a private sometimes podcast that I do with just my patrons. I have lots and lots and lots of art stuff and even a cool little kind of question and answer thing that I do with all my little amazing people. So if you'd love to join, please uh, check out the link in the bio, or sorry, in the description of the podcast. And I can't wait to see you. My goal is to eventually have about 50 or so people who support the Patreon. I got six right now, so we got a little bit to go. But um, yeah, every little bit helps, and I can't wait to see you there. So Alec and I watched The French Dispatch. It is a Wes Anderson movie. It is his recent Wes Anderson movie. It felt like four movies in one movie. It's uh, As it was described by a reviewer who I read a review for, it is the most Wes Anderson movie that ever Wes Anderson. Um, it's about a newspaper that has kind of like in like, I think it's like in the Midwest, that tries to be like a newspaper in Europe. And it's just kind of funny. They like have all these little things where like you've got all these like reporters telling stories about like kidnappings and like the city life and 
protests and all these other types of things that are going on. And it's just very interesting and beautifully shot. And I've just always loved Wes Anderson movies because they're just such interesting little stories being told in such a stylized kind of crazy way. But it's fun. I don't know. It's silly. But the silliness is what makes me so happy about it. So, yeah, if you're into this type of thing, go check it out. It's uh, it's enjoyable. So, we're going to talk about a painterfile story now. <laughs> An art school journey, if you will. Uh, so, this is about somewhere around the year 2001. And I remember very clearly that... Art school was very expensive. So one of the things we got around was this stuff called fixative. Fixative is what you spray on charcoal drawings and a lot of paintings so that they last longer and they don't smudge and smear. So, but it's like, it can be up to like 7 to 8 to $10 a can, which is just not reliable after a certain point because you're going through so much of it at a point. So, what we used to do was we would buy hairspray. And I mean, like, ugly, 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 ugly hairspray. (laughs) Um, So, we'd get, like, these, we'd go to, like, hair salons and, not hair salons, we'd go to, like, beauty stores. And we'd buy, like, the super cheap, like, hair oil, hairspray, hold type of stuff. And we'd spray that on uh, on the canvases. And it would actually work really well. But, of course, like, your painting would then smell like, you know, some type of sheen of some sort. So it was a little awkward, but it was funny and kind of funky at the same time, how it all kind of worked out that way. Like, you would just make these gorgeous pieces that were, like, up, and you'd be like, why does that smell like like, like this, like, bead or braid locking, like, braid hairspray Uh, from like those like black hair stores and you'd have like the olive oil ones and stuff like that so it was kind of funny how you could go into a gallery like a a student gallery and as you walked past paintings you could tell who used fixative and who didn't but they would just be these like really kind of funny cultural little cues and I don't think that everybody really caught on to it because you know, you'd have some of those people who were just, like, super wealthy. And so they did not know what these smells were because they didn't have that in their lives as far as their their nasal Rolodex. But for the ones that did, they were like, oh, man, I know what that smell is. <laughs> and it was just kind of funny. It was, like, it was almost like going into somebody's house and seeing, like, beaded curtains as you walked into their kitchen. Like, you knew. You are like, I know. What you know, we grew up, we grew up very similar, um, and it's just kind of funny. It was just, uh, it was like a old spice drac noir type of <laughs> type of uh, key key smells that you ran across, and it was just interesting. It was one of those fun little kind of catches that you would just kind of you'd notice, like it's just a hair hell, hair gel smell thing going and it was just it was just interesting it was funny but it was just strange so little art school hacks if you will 
uh, fix it if it can be expensive. Um, yeah, just use hairspray. Somebody probably has it and does not use it, or you could just use it for a little bit and go that way. And it's still, you know, cheaper. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd stop using aerosols altogether because they're not great for the environment. But in a pinch, it'll do you, you know? Yeah. Enjoy art school. It is, uh, it's interesting. And in some ways, you can kind of skip the harder parts because we're here to talk about them right now. All right, Galatas. Time to meditate. Time to find peace within ourselves, within the environment around us. So I have been listening to quite a few podcasts, actually, that have meditation, that are straight-up meditation podcasts, just to center myself and to find, like, all these, these things that I needed as far as just hmm, getting myself there, if you will. So in that, I ran across this one that was really great. And it was just about centering yourself and being present as you're living your life and not finding it like in a centering way, like, oh, you have to be present. So when you do things that you don't necessarily agree with, which is typically the problem that a lot of people have, uh, it gets them through those things. But just feeling the calm and the peace that exist constantly inside of you and holding on to that and focusing on that as opposed to, you know, all the chaos and whatnot that your mind races through. So I want you to breathe. One of the great things they said was fall into the rhythm of your natural breathing. The focus you find in yourself is a color wheel. It's like a rotary phone. But of all the things that are made up of the colors your eyes perceive. There was this great part in this movie I watched where this man walked up to this figure model and he took different colors put it against their skin, trying to make the same shade as they were. And it was genius because it was all these things coming together to make something that was in front of you. But to see the ingredients that kind of come about. So I want us to do kind of a thing where we call mind painting, which is what I do. I want you to envision the sky. We're on a canvas. I want you to envision a sky. What colors do you see? Do you see blues? Do you see blacks? Do you see whites? Do you see yellow? Do you see red? Slowly just mix them together with your fingers until you, you've reached 
the right shades and hues that you want. Slowly just mixing and matching. It's okay to get stuff wrong. Everything is fixable. You're just going. Slowly brushing your fingers against the canvas. Just making. Always making. Finding this kind of peace and tranquility and just creating the world around you. Next we'll get to the land. And as they come together, they blend a little. You've got your greens, your browns, your blacks, your whites, your reds, your purples, your blues. <laughs> All these things just slowly going. You bring your fingers up to make like the, the hint of trees, the, the curve of the horizon, the slow little ticks of grass and the round little smudges of stone. The horizon as it blends its little whites and grays and some reds and little bits of yellow as we see the sun and tiny flecks of white are the, are the clouds and all the things that make up where we are. Put your energies into these things. Put your worries and your frustrations and your, your I can't do things. Put them all, put all that energy into all this. Just make and scratch and go. It doesn't have to look like anything. It's supposed to represent what you feel when you see these things. It's like, how would you, how would you describe how a smile feels? Or what rain feels like? Take your time and breathe. These are your rhythms. Be proud of them. Whew. All right, Galeras, thank you so much for coming to the podcast every week. It's really wonderful. I appreciate everything you do. If you can, please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star comment wherever you hear the podcast. It always helps. It helps people kind of see and share and do all those things. You can follow me on Patreon. You can follow me on YouTube. You can follow me on PayPal. You can follow me on anything. Um, they're all little links that are in the description at the end of the podcast. So I hope you're well. I hope everything works out the way you want them to and if you get a chance to just say hello say hello to me please do uh you can write me on uh painter files podcast at gmail.com and i will see you later Gladys. i love you and paint her out